Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Thanks to Skillshare for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Skillshare is giving you two months of Skillshare for free with unlimited access to thousands of classes. Go to www.skillshare.com slash dreamjob2 to start your two months now. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you are having a beautiful week. I hope you're enjoying your summer. I just wanted to say to all of you listening that you are not all over the place. You are in process. Tell me if you feel what I'm saying, because I want to make sure that you get that part of this is allowing yourself the time to discover and to develop things and that's what it takes in order to find clarity. I think that we all want so much to make this perfect thing. We want to execute. We want to win. We want to have a series of one win after the other. We want to know that we are on the exact right path. We are taking the precise right steps. But this is so not the way that it actually works, right? There are no straight lines in nature, right? Like in nature, things have edges and curves. The process It's like developing a picture, like you go in a dark room and it like slowly starts to come together. It's like cleaning out a closet. Sometimes it gets messier before it gets tidier. I think that we're just so impatient with ourselves and we feel we have to answer to other people. We feel we have to know how it's going to play out and exactly what we're doing. We don't leave any room for the process. We don't leave room for that. And we are looking always to find these shortcuts around anything that's going to be messy. But I want you to remember when you were a kid, if you were finger painting as a child, how much fun that was. And there was paint on your sleeves and in your hair and you were having fun. I mean, think of the times in your life, like, have you ever followed your curiosity and you went to a workshop and you learned something awesome and it led you down a whole new path of life? Or you went to a friend's dinner party, maybe, and you met someone there who said something that had a huge impact on you, or you met someone who you fell in love with. Like so often, the things that have changed our lives in the deepest way, we weren't planning for them. They happened when we were just like living and in process, you know, and I I feel sometimes like I'm walking through a jungle with a blindfold on and I don't even know like what I'm looking for. But then you find it and you're like, this is it. This is the thing I, I didn't even know I was looking for this, but this is what I was looking for. When Daniel Pink was on my show, I remember him saying how so many Nobel Prize winners have found their biggest discoveries when they were just playing with ideas in the lab and allowing themselves to just wonder around something rather than knowing exactly what they were even hoping to find. 
So when we allow for things to unfold and we get our hands messy and we play and we explore and we experience just whatever we feel called to experience, whatever seems exciting, that's when we make room for amazing things to happen. So please remember that life can be in pencil. You know, we can like try things and then it can be in beta and then we can find the next piece and like a kaleidoscope where you're just like slowly clicking to the left and it starts to become a different image and starts to turn into what it actually is supposed to be. Sometimes we go forward, then we go sideways, we go backwards and it's all leading us to where we're meant to be. So let's try to surrender more to the creative process. And it might be about making the first 16 things that were not exactly it, but that was exactly how we were led to the 17th thing that was exactly it. So that's what I'm wishing for you um, this week. And I want to let you know about a huge giveaway that I'm doing next week. I've never done anything like this, but next week I will be doing a raffle and choosing five people and I'll be taking you to lunch um, in Bel Air at my most favorite place. And I'll be choosing 10 people and giving you a mastermind session where we will be on a Zoom video call and I will get to put each of you in the hot seat and help you figure out what is your passion project and what are the steps you can take to really get it off the ground. So this is really big value thousands of dollars in value that you're going to get all of this for free. So how do you enter this raffle? Well, there's two ways to be entered into the raffle. Either you can buy five copies of my book and you can give away four to some friends um, or family members, or you can start a book club and you can buy one copy and you can make sure that the other four members of your book club buy those books by Monday. And either way, whether you buy the five books, which will cost you less than $100, or you start a book club with five people and they each buy the book by Monday, either way, as long as those five books have been pre-ordered and you let us know that, you will be not only entered into the raffle for me to take you to lunch and for me to give you this mastermind session, but everyone who completes this will be given two trainings. One is the Dare to Dream workshop on how to figure out which thing is your work in this world. And the other thing will be a free training with Sahara Rose who's a good friend of mine who has a beautiful podcast called Highest Self Podcast. And we will be doing a workshop on how to grow an audience and how to grow a really engaged, beautiful audience. And all of that will be given to those of you who complete that assignment by Monday, July 29th. So if you want to get in on that, there is a link in the show notes for you to complete this and for you to let us know that you have. I just want to give a shout out to a couple of our awesome dream ambassadors who already went ahead and did this. Hannah said, oh my gosh, I already have seven people who want to join my book club. And I just set up an awesome private Facebook community with a podcast discussion schedule. So that is so cool. By starting this book club, not only did she not have to buy all five books, but she is going to create so much value for these folks that are in this book club because they're going to get to meet every single week and discuss their dreams and brainstorm together and be a support for one another in building this thing into a reality. I also just want to give a shout out to Becky. She said, I have 30 people who work in my field. She said she's a speech therapist. She said, they're all looking to quit their day job. So I'm trying to organize a gigantic book club. And I'm so excited. That's incredible. Can you imagine if 30 of you not only pre-ordered the book, but if 30 of you were getting together week after week and discussing what it is that you want to do more of, think about how that could be such a catalyst for your growth and for so many people and what ripple effects that would have. So you guys, I want to let you know that the book that I wrote is set up to be perfect for a book club. At the end of every chapter, there are discussion questions. And we created a book club starter kit so that before the book actually comes out in November, if you guys want to get started, we created a starter kit where we gave you 30 episodes of the show, takeaways from every episode that are written out, as well as discussion questions for each of those episodes so that you could begin by starting to talk through these different episodes and then 
answering these discussion questions and you can meet with everybody locally in your house or at a coffee shop or even on Zoom video. And I think that this could be everything because when we come together and actually speak these words out loud, we have that accountability. These ideas come out of our head and into the world and it gets us to start to take action. So I would love to see you guys moving forward in this way. And anyone who completes the assignment by Monday, July 29th, you are going to be in on this raffle where I will be taking five of you to lunch and 10 of you will be selected for the mastermind and you will all be given um, the training session, uh, the Dare to Dream workshop, as well as the How to Build Your Audience. So get this completed by Monday. Give the books away if you want. Start a book club if you want, but make sure the books get ordered by Monday. And then there's a link in the show notes to let us know that you got it done. Okay, so I'm really excited for today's guest. His name is Moran Kirikosian. He's a dancer, choreographer, director, and creator. He's worked with worldwide phenomenons like Britney Spears, Madonna, Rihanna, Black Eyed Peas, Ricky Martin, Selena Gomez, the list goes on and on. He's a choreographer and artistic director for NBC's The Voice. And if that weren't enough, he also has a hugely successful YouTube channel with over 1.6 million subscribers where he teaches people like me, someone with no dance background, how to master these super fun moves so we can feel a little bit better about our dancing skills. And he and his brother started a production company, Moran K Productions, which creates music videos, commercials, films, stage shows, and music productions. What I love about Moran is that even with all his success, he's very humble and down to earth. He's infused with so much passion for what he does, and he pours himself into helping other aspiring dancers and artists explore and hone their own craft. So without further ado, please welcome the very talented Moran Kirikosian. Miran, how how thank are you. you? Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm amazing. Thank you. <laughs> He's amazing. He is amazing. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about how you got to be where you are in your life, doing so many fun things. People would dream of doing one of those things, one minute of those things. So let's yeah. dial it back and okay. tell me where you think that seed was born and how you think you got there. What were some of the big, like, milestones along the way. So my dad was a dancer and choreographer back home in Armenia uh, during the Soviet Union, during the USSR and all of that stuff. He was one of the first uh, dancer choreographers to kind of bring the hip hop urban genre to Armenia. I wasn't dancing at this time. I was still super young. And when Armenia became an independent country, it was kind of like everybody had to start all over again. Imagine whatever you have in your bank account goes back to zero. And you have to start all over again. Yes. So that being said, my family decided the smartest thing to do if we're going to start all over again is go to America because we've heard so much about America and all the amazing things. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, Hollywood (laughs) and all of that great stuff. And um, so we literally sold our house and flew to America. I was seven years old. I have an older brother. He was 11. And did you speak any English? No, of course course not. We didn't even know what America is. (laughs) You're just coming. McDonald's, McDonald's. Yeah, you're just coming from this country of population 1 million. (laughs) Again, I mean, like, you know, it's it's a very poor place to live, especially at that time when water was given to you by hours and light was, yeah. So like we would use candles for lights and and my parents did everything in their power to not make it feel like we were poor. You know, we had a lot of love. We had uh, a good family family and, and friends and stuff. So we never really felt like anything was wrong. That's just what it was, you know? Anyway, long story short, we made the move to um, L.A. in 92. So this was like starting all over again, even for my dad. Even though he was a successful dancer, choreographer in, uh, in Armenia, he came here. It's like, okay, so what do you do, right. you know? So the first six months, you know, my dad was trying to figure out what to do. Eventually, he decided that he was going to go ahead and open up a dance studio and and try it out here. Um, He opened up a studio in Glendale for a local Armenian community. 
And little by little, kids started coming, and that's kind of how I started dancing. I, I went along with my dad and my brother. He took us together to the class, and it was just something we did. It was it was a fun thing to do with dad. It wasn't nothing serious at the time. It wasn't like I wanted to be a professional yeah. dancer or anything like that. Uh, a couple of years later, you know, once I started going to high school, there was a, a hip hop after school activity at my high school, and there was a, a class called theater workshop. So it was a full theater class where we danced, we act, we sing, we rap, everything. Um, so that opened my eyes to wanting to do more stuff. So the uh, after school hip hop activity got me more excited. I wanted to be part of that, and it, everything just kind of started from there. At thirteen, fourteen is when I realized. Hey, I want to be a professional dancer. I used to watch the MTV performances with my dad. I used to watch Britney Spears and stuff. I was like, I could do that. And so that just kind of, you know, fed my passion a little bit more. And then I wanted to do more and more and started trying to take classes and figure out more stuff. And around 15, 16 was, um, I did this little Michael Jackson performance at high school. And it was something that we had recorded. So a lot of people got to see it. And one of my friends um, at the time was like, you should send it out to agencies. They might be interested in seeing it. So we just took this VHS cassette and <laughs> mailed it to all the agencies and things like that. And a few of them were really interested. And they called me in for a meeting. And I went with my dad. And they were like, we really like you. We like what you do. They were like, you know, why don't you write a list of artists you would like to work for? Stop and I was it. like, oh, Britney Spears, <laughs> Michael Jackson. I put all these names out. And they just started sending me on auditions. And little by little, I started booking little commercials. I was doing the back-to-school Mervyn's commercials and dance, JCPenney, and all these fun stuff. And um, I went to my big first big audition, which was the Britney Spears tour audition. At I was 17 and a half. And this was the dream. Like I wanted to book that project so bad. I can't even explain the feeling of how bad I wanted it. I was the first person at the audition to sign my name on the list. <laughs> I like showed up at like 7 a.m. I think doors open at 9. I was just like in my car because I couldn't sleep. And then it was like a four or five day audition. Like the first oh day we passed. God. Yeah. Anyway, just first day and then made it to the second day and then made it to the third day. And as I got closer, I was like, I might, I might actually get this. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, I get closer and closer. And then we would like the top 20 top 30 people and then at the time jamie king was the director of the show and britney showed up the last day so we're like oh my god this is britney <laughs> spears like she's here with us right now so it was super exciting and i made it to the last cut and then they brought us the last day dancers in there with uh, with britney and i was just standing there and they were like all right you guys you guys are the dancers and that was like the most amazing feeling yeah about it. so i cried right <laughs> But it was like, you know, I, I always heard of tears of joy, but I've never experienced that. And I was like, wow, okay, this is what tears of joy mean. Like, I never really ever felt that emotion in my yeah. life. So that was the beginning of my my career, really, like booking that job, That's meeting amazing. somebody like Jamie King, who was an amazing director and who fell in love with me and what I do and gave me other opportunities to... um Audition for Madonna and book me for that tour, which led to other stop, tours, other stop projects. Stop it! Yeah. So that's kind of the beginning of how it started. Mic drop, but, mic drop. <laughs> but um, so it was just cool. I really wanted it so bad, and there was really no other. There was no plan B. There was no plan yeah. anything, and I just really felt like that. That's what it was. Like there shouldn't be wow. any other reason for me to do anything else. And until this day, I've never in my life ever had a like a job. Job. Like I've always 
danced and got paid for it and it's amazing and made a career out of it as as I kept moving forward. What's yeah. your favorite number you danced with her on that tour? Uh, I'd probably say we did a, a a dance number to music, her song music, and I got like a little solo in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to have my little solo and then I come to her and we do like a little thing together and then all the other dancers come in. So that was like kind of my moment. And what's I, that like performing for like 50,000 people in an arena like that. You know what? Insane. I remember the first show. The first show in LA was at the Forum. This is 2004 reinvention tour. And, you know, we're underneath the stage. So I'm underneath there just like looking at the audience like, wow, <laughs> there's a lot is, of people. Yeah, I'm like, this is going down. And then you start thinking, you're like, am I going to remember all the steps? Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't think about it. All these things don't start going through it. your head. But boom, once you're on stage, yeah, it's, it's in on. you. It's in you. And, you know, you've been rehearsing for like two months. So, like, yeah. You wake me up any time of the day. I know the choreography. <laughs> like, let's go, you know. So, but it's it's just some of the most surreal feelings that I had in in the beginning of my career. Like all the dreams and all the visions that I saw coming to life. Especially the Britney Spears one. When you kind of just grow up on her music and you watch her, it was just one of the most craziest. I it's, guess like roller coasters. It's an ever. amazing, yeah. amazing journey. Um, what's super cool to me is the way you look at everything. Mm-hmm. Because you're so positive. It's like there's energy coming out of you that that's not something you can teach someone. That's not a dance move. That's just in you. That's your soul. And when you talked about how you were crying, I almost wanted to cry when you told the story. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, I cried. And that moment, I wanted to break down those tears for a second because that is the single thing that everybody aspires to. Why you cried, what was going on in that moment, why we watch movies, why we love athletes, why we love people who have these success stories. It's because of the fight. You aspire, we all aspire to have that quality in ourselves where we will continue to keep pushing and keep seeing what's possible against all odds. But what it sounds like to me is you stand on the shoulders of giants. You you come from a way of looking at the world where we're not victims. We're going to be resourceful. We're going to persevere. And it's it's very moving, and I think that so many people have so many excuses. And um, one of the reasons that you're fearless is because you don't. Yeah, you're just like, sure. let's go. So what? Like, after a certain moment, no one's crying for you. Like, because exactly. everyone's in their own stuff. <clears throat> so what we have to do, like the hero's journey for all of us is, so what? And what now? So... I want to talk about the next phase of your life, which you created again. Mm-hmm. Another like incredible feat is once you had already been established as like a go-to dancer and you're doing these like world tours and all this stuff, you then went on to like create your own content. Mm-hmm. Instead of waiting for an audition, you're going right to the people, building mm-hmm. your own audience to where whatever happens at the forum is like you know, nothing in comparison to how many people turn on your YouTube videos. We're talking about millions of human beings. So tell us a little bit about how you started it, why you started it, and maybe give us some insight into how you got it to grow to where it is. So funny story, around 2010, 2011, this is when I did three, four tours. I did movies, I did commercials, everything you would dream to do as a professional dancer and more. But then you come to that point where you're like, what's next? Right. You know, that on top of, you know, the transition from the media transition from TV and what was starting to happen with YouTube and social media. So in 2011, you know, I was offered to do like what I'm doing now, tutorials and things like that. 
I just didn't see the vision of what they were talking about at the time. Anyway, so I skipped through this phase where I could have taken advantage of a long time ago. And to be honest, I was kind of stuck a little bit. I got married. I had um, I have two beautiful girls. So I kind of transitioned uh, into a little family life a little bit. And then that kind of slowed me down a little bit um, in the beginning. And I was still trying to do a lot of stuff. But again, I was always waiting for someone to hire me. I wasn't yeah. creating a lot of my own stuff. And even when I was, I was still young and I didn't understand the patience and the amount of time it takes to actually build something really powerful and big. So I was always looking for an easy, like quick little thing that I could do thinking since I built this big resume, it shouldn't be that difficult for me to just step into like doing choreography or step into directing a little bit more and this and this and that. And it was harder than I thought, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I didn't have, I didn't understand that to really build a big business, you need to invest a lot, a lot of time. And besides investing a lot of your own time, it takes a long time to build something very successful. And long story short, I had this weird gap in this middle of my 20s where I was kind of trying to figure myself out. Remember, I went on tour at a really young age. I really didn't even know who I was. And honestly, I didn't really figure myself out until three years ago in my 30s when I turned 30. And I really kind of was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm more self-aware of who I am right now and what I like and what I don't like. I'm not spending any time with anybody I don't like or don't care about. Why do I keep doing that? And, you know, just started making my circle smaller and smaller, hanging out with people that I actually learn from and bring great energy to me and are not like always putting people down. And it's just I had to just fix all of that. Yeah. Once I was able to fix all of that, that's when I was more stronger to go, Okay, what am I doing next? What do I need to do? And that's when I was like, okay. I got tired of waiting for the next job. I got tired of like waiting for people to book me. And I was just like, all right, I need to do it myself. Yep. I was like, I have this YouTube channel. Let's go. I'm going to make consistent videos every week. I'll this do is one. three years ago? Yeah, it was two and a half years. I started my YouTube channel April 2016. You've got to be joking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at first, how, how are you doing it? Like on so, your iPhone or you have No, 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 no. I, I was able to, um, like I had experience because I've been directing videos. I had my production company. So I was actually really directing really high end stuff. Budgets from like 20, 30,000 to all the way to 50, I'm sorry, all the way to like two, three million dollars stuff with my brother and things like that. But these were all projects for other people. Right. Had so what were your first videos like? My first video still looked really good because I had a DP and I had a good camera and, and, and we, and we just kind of started shooting dance videos like the ones you see at studios now, you know? So I did one or two of those. I would do once a week. I was already teaching class on a regular basis. I was like, hey, all I got to do is just shoot the choreography for class once a week and upload it. I was doing it once a week. Uh, one in one or two of the videos kind of started doing good. Um, one of the early videos that I did was that panda song uh, that came out. So I thought it'd be goofy if I wear a panda outfit and do the whole dance in a panda outfit. And I did it and it, and it took off. Like it went super viral on Facebook and then it took off on YouTube as over a million some views. On Facebook, it had like a couple of million views within a week. It was just going crazy. So I started doing that and then um, I was like, okay, this is easy. I could do more videos. I was like, let me do twice a week. So I started doing twice a week and then I got into the tutorials. I finally convinced myself to do a tutorial because I kept saying no one's going to learn tutorials. So I started doing tutorials. I started with some moves and stuff like that, some floor moves. And then I did this thing like I was like, let me do very basic steps. I was like, because it That's started. What I watched. Yeah, I started hitting I myself. I was there. like, I keep, you know, I was looking at all these channels and I was like, 
everyone I felt like was teaching like they were teaching another dancer. Right. I was like, 90% of people cannot even do this. So I started going like super basic, like touch step, slide, yeah. you know what I mean? I loved it. Yeah. And then it just took off. Like that video has like 16 million views or something. It's called Three Simple Moves for Beginners. It just literally took off. And then I was like, okay, I kind of felt the momentum and I started creating more videos, creating more tutorials. And I got myself to three times a week. And then there was a point we started doing five videos a week. Yeah. Oh my God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And that got a little crazy. Alan was helping me edit and stuff. And we were like not sleeping at all. And if you were, it was like three hours a day, four hours a day, up at six, five, gym, boom, videos, edit, 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 go teach. I teach also like 12, 13 classes a week. So teach at night. Yeah. Teach at night, wake up early, super early, five, six a.m., workout start shooting, start editing all day until like 4, 5, 6 p.m. and then go teach all the classes until 10 and then repeat for two years nonstop. So that's kind of what I did for that two years. I just did not stop. I I had set a schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday, videos every week and I made sure no matter what happened in my life, those videos were going to go out on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. There was days I didn't even know what I'm going to do that Friday, Friday morning. And I would just get myself together, be like, okay, what can I do? What can I shoot? I was like, well, I could do this move. This, this, this would work. And then, but again, I had the experience of dance and all this for so long. Like, I, you know, I'm not just making these moves up. I've been doing them, you know? So, you know, pretty much taking all my talents that I've built for like 30 years and I was doing it for everyone else. Yep. At the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to do this for myself and build me it's and brand amazing. me as I saw what people were doing and. And I started getting into a lot of Gary Vee stuff and watching him. And he motivated me a lot to create my own content and build my brand. And, um, and, I, and I was like, okay, this is, this is where the world's going. So if I want to have control and I want to be able to control what I, my life and do what I want to do on my terms, like I have to create my own stuff. And that's kind of where we are now. Like, it's amazing. And just... tell us what that looks like now. Like what opportunities have opened up? What is available to you now? Because of everything that you created, well, you don't have to wait for the phone to ring anymore. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing about it is uh, two things. One, you have the freedom of your own schedule, which is the most important thing. You control your own schedule. You're not working for anyone. I can make any decision I want at any time and do it. So that's the beauty of being able to have that control. But other than that, I mean, you're creating all this content. So, you know, people are constantly seeing it and little by little, you know, they start reaching out to you for different stuff. You know, I've had opportunities to work with brands now that have seen my videos and they're like, oh, if you want a video just like that, can you create something like that? I'm like, sure. I've had record companies reach out to me. I've done maybe over like 20, 30, um, videos for record companies. And, you know, I do a lot of the videos, the popular songs where I don't have control to monetize or anything like that. But those videos always lead to something else because somebody sees that and another person reaches out and goes, can you do something like that? And I'm like, sure, you know? And then that opens up another business uh, venture for me, you know? So we're in the process of that right now. And at the same time, I'm just building my channel and my goal is to build it to a full channel where eventually it is uh, something like a Netflix or something like that, because I don't want to get stuck into just doing dance and I don't want to get stuck also letting the channel just be about me. So oh, that's the cool. big vision where I want to see, but I'm only, like I said, I'm only two years in and I'm only two years in and, and I know and now that I understand how long it, it takes to really build a business, 
I'm ready for it and it's amazing to see where it leads I to. I feel like I want everybody to hear this message because you're writing your own destiny. You're not waiting for the phone to ring. Yes. And I talk about this all the time. It's an amazing time we live in because most of humanity, not, not everybody, fortunately, but most of humanity is like a click away. You know, mm -hmm. you're on the other side of your smartphone and yep. Gary's exactly right. You know, like we're in charge, making content is it. And we can do that now. If you have Wi-Fi, if you're running water, like you're, you're there, yeah. like you're already mm -hmm. right there. And you took full advantage of that. Again, no excuses. You're so um, self-made and you're constantly like, what can I put on myself? And I love that you address sort of that turning point for you where you leveled up in terms of who you wanted to be around also yeah. and that that was a turning point yeah. and then that brought you back to a strength inside of yourself yes. that makes sense <clears throat> and it takes a sense of self and it takes having that awareness and noticing sort of what you're tolerating and what you're not going to tolerate mm -hmm. and raising your standards and i love that you did that what happened there was there like a turning point where you were like okay i am not going to tolerate this anymore like how did you arrive at that because that takes huge strength um well one of the thing one of the things was um i got a, a divorce when i was um i think it was right before i turned 30. that's <clears> really hard don't even get me started on that <laughs> but no it's very difficult but the person i was with i was with her from a very long time we've known each other since we were 13 years old oh. so it was like my kind of like my first girlfriend and all this history and stuff like that so you know um eventually we, as we got older and she was a couple of years two years older than me we just didn't see eye to eye on certain issues and stuff like that. She was more of like, just have a small house, the, you know, the and cute little big. this. You're and I'm like, it big. I want like big. mansions and I want to be on a private jet. I'm seeing my life like traveling all over the world. And, you know, expansive, I want to yeah, really travel. Yeah. I want to create. I want to. So that was like already so off, you know, and little by little, like, you know, as, as you're growing and then we had kids and even that got crazier and was twins right away. And now we're like handling so two kids and so now she's full time doing that. And I'm trying to balance that and, and trying to still be uh, create and do that. And, you know, you know, as as we kept staying in that same relationship, even though we both knew that it wasn't working out, we were still kind of like staying in it um, because, you know, in Armenian culture, it's always like right. you have to stick together. Yeah. And I just didn't see myself. Like if it's not working out and we both agree it's not working out and we understand the situation, then why are we in it? That you takes know what I mean? tremendous strength. Yeah. To, I didn't even realize this. Obviously, it's really brave of you yeah. and generous of you to share. Because yeah. by the way, it's a big part. I have and everybody to. has yeah. every person on this block, you yeah. know, has an issue. Yeah. So welcome to being alive. Exactly. I, um, and it came to a point where I was literally like just dying inside. I just wasn't even me anymore. It was just like, and so I looked in the mirror and I just talked to myself and I was just like, I really couldn't do it anymore. Yep. I, and, and in my mind, I was like, I'd rather lose everything I have, everything. And feel that way. Everything, than have to feel like this another day. Yeah, and you know the truth I mean? is for so many people, it might be in their marriage, but it might also just be in their life where they, they lose themselves. Everybody can relate to that. And then especially it's cool to hear from someone who, you know, when you see a dancer, they seem like the most free sparks of light that God ever made. You know, it's just pure freedom. It just looks like you are just in the flow, in the zone. And to know that like, we're all still, we're all still walking contradictions. We're all still dealing with the dark and the light stuff. And, and that you could be that in your zone, you know, really like that, that fire that comes out of you, that makes you 
make everyone else feel alive. Yeah. And you were struggling with <clears throat> that inside. And then on yeah. the other side of it, you kind of like rose up again, yeah. you know, and it's, it's very encouraging. Okay, I'm loving this conversation. But before we go on, let's just say a quick thanks to our sponsor. No matter what season of life we're in, as human beings, we're always seeking to grow and evolve and learn new things. That's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare has thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. Whether you just want to pick up a new skill, figure out your next side hustle, or pursue a lifetime passion, Skillshare has classes for you. You can learn about creative writing, marketing, crafts, illustration, and entrepreneurship. Whatever you want, you name it, they got it. You can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare with a special offer. Get two months of Skillshare for free when you go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2. Skillshare is really the best. I love the class they have on best practices for Instagram since I'm always looking for new ways to grow my audience and engage with you guys there. I also saw they have a class on drawing for personal growth and it's taught by none other than Mira Lee Patel, who we had on our show. So if you want to learn from awesome human beings like her, definitely go check out Skillshare. They're offering you two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, just go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2, and that's the number two. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2 to start your two months now. I want to ask you, moving back into the YouTube stuff, because there's so many people right now who have dreams and things that they love, and I'm always encouraging people, like, make your own content. What can you do? Give us a little bit of insight. If you were encouraging somebody else to create content, what would you tell them is what makes great content, and what would you tell them are some of the things to think about I mean, honestly, I think first you should definitely do something that you feel really, really good at. Just pick one thing or one or two things that you want you want to pursue, uh, pursue and just go with that. Second thing, consistency. You have to create all the time and just kind of like keep doing it. Whether you see any, any reactions or, or not, you just have to keep creating because what I've learned is even people that hit me up on Instagram, they're like, hey, go check out my channel and follow me. And I go and they just posted one video two weeks ago and that's all they have. And I'm like, you haven't done anything. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think people are just in this illusion of like, they're going to make one video and it's then boom, they're going to pop and it's going to start from there. And if it doesn't, then it was bad. And it's not one video. I've had many viral videos and it just leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing. It keeps going. So definitely do something you love. Definitely do something that makes you happy. You're passionate about. So everything is real. And second, be consistent at it and keep doing it and create the best content you can. If it's if you only have an iPhone now, then work with the iPhone and then it'll lead to the next thing. If you have a better camera, start with that camera and then it'll lead to the next thing. But you have to do it. You, You learn by doing it. You know what I mean? And that's what I've learned. Everything I've learned until now is because I was doing it. It wasn't because I knew how to do it. And if I didn't know how to do it, I figured it out. Or I try to have somebody teach me. Like in the beginning of my videos, I was not editing those videos. My brother was. He was the editor. I did not know how to edit. But it was taking too long because now I'm working on his schedule. So when I would ask him to edit a video, he was too busy. Then that means I'm stuck. I don't have a video. So I pulled him aside. I was like, you need to teach me how to edit because I can't wait on you. He taught me how to edit. I can make five videos a week now because it's my time. It's my love. It's my passion. I don't care if I don't sleep until 3, 4 a.m. Nobody else has to do that for me, but I'll do that for myself. So I'm able to create more content now because I learned the skill that I needed, the one skill that I was missing, which was editing. Now I edit videos. People look at me like I'm a professional editor. I'll be cutting and chopping (laughs) stuff like so much, but also because I do it every every single day. So I feel like I probably edited more in two years than some editors have in 10 years because I'm constantly editing every single day. So just doing, just doing and learning. That's yep. all it is. You do it, you start learning. People think like, 
they watch my, they, they might watch my video and they're nowhere and they're like, well, how am I going to get to that? And that's it. They already gave up on themselves. They didn't even try. But they also have to understand every person's different. Every person's unique. Every person brings something to the table that the other person doesn't have. I can look at people who have more subscribers than me in the dance world and say, oh, well, I shouldn't have even started. But the one thing I realized is now because of social media, if you understand, we're, we're playing the worldwide game. We're not playing just America or LA or wherever you live. Everyone in the world could see you. So it is easier if you really think about it. More people get to see you. You, you, you know, there's more opportunity. I'm, I'm getting business from Germany. I'm yep. getting business from all the way in Albania. Yep. I'm getting business in countries you never even heard of. You know, they watch my videos and they want something like that. Or they have an artist coming out and they're like, can you do a dance video like that? And can you come teach here or whatever the case might be? But I've realized it is easier. So do you, the people who are into your stuff will find you, will connect with you because again, you know, we're out, there's like seven, eight, nine, ten billion of us out here. Like, you will find the people that are into your stuff. You yeah. will find the people that look just like you or want the similar things like you, you know? And, and that's the one thing that keeps me going because I know that my fan base might be different from somebody else's that's fan right. base or somebody else's fan base. And my style is different from another dancer's right. style and whatever. So I try to keep my stuff as much as my own and, and, and as real as possible. Like, in the beginning, I was trying to do some hip and trendy stuff that I felt like everybody would be into. But and then I realized when you're competing with people who are naturally that, then mine doesn't look so real anymore. So I kind of was like, okay, I need to just do what I really like to do. But if I stay true to myself, the people who like it will yeah. find me. Yeah. And I started just creating and doing whatever I like. So now it's very easy for me to create because I just create whatever I like. Yep. I'm not trying to do anything that I don't feel like it's real. Right. And, and I know that these platforms are giving me the opportunity for people to find similar people that are into the things that I like or the music that I like or the different styles of things that I like. So I, now it's just me being me and creating the stuff I like and evolving and learning and, and just doing. I think the thing is just keep doing, keep yep, doing. Yep, yep. Do what you need to do and, and commit yep. to it and, and don't give up on yourself and stay consistent. Set a schedule. I think what helps me is the schedule. Like when I say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I've already gave that to my audience, that's it. Like, it's going to happen on yep. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Even if you I'm sick, I have to. Yeah. So even like to, we don't have tomorrow's video and it's Friday. So me and Alan were talking about it in the car. I'm like, scoop you up at 6 a.m. He was like, cool. Boom, boom, boom. I got to move down. We'll shoot it. We'll pull, edit it, post it up. We'll be up by 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And we got it. You know what I mean? Yep. But that's the sacrifices I make to move forward and to yeah. keep building my brand, to keep building my channel because this is what I want. And I want to have full control of everything. And I want to have a good life. And I want my kids to have a good life. And if this is what I got to do. This is what I got to no, do. It's it, not going to get easier than doing my what I love. That's, no, that's you true. Know, so. That's true. And, and, and I love this point you're making because I heard Gary. We were talking about Gary before. And he, I've heard him say, you know, like, he never met anybody who won big, who, like, took easy street. Mm-hmm. And we live in a time where um, you can get things so quickly. You know, you can, like, Google something, get an answer in three seconds. You can Postmates your food sure. to you 30 minutes later. You're, you're eating whatever you want. So there's no sense of how long it takes. There's no sense of the grit. There's no sense of it. And so we need this immediacy. If we don't get it right away, we give up. This shouldn't take so long. What's wrong with me? Yeah. That's not real life. And yeah. 
I think people are always hoping that they're going to turn on a podcast like this or watch a video like this or talk to you and they're going to find out there's like a hack to yeah. it. You use this hashtag and then yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. that's not the <laughs> stuff. You know, what really makes things happen is it's the work. It's the work. And like you said, you know, you were able to do this because it's not two and a half years of work. This is mm. your whole life. This mm. is 33 years of work. Exactly. And now you're sort of putting it out there. We've lost this reverence and respect for greatness. There is no like, I'm going to hang out and I'm just going to like hope this stuff comes to yeah. me. It doesn't work like yeah. that. <clears throat> you know, people always say to me like, you know, how do you think this is working for you? I'm like, I, I'm obsessed with work. I'm a workaholic. Thank God I love it. Right. Yeah. But I'm nonstop, absolutely nonstop. So I love that you talked about that. I also love the point you just made about how there is room for your light. Like it doesn't matter how many other people are on YouTube. Yeah. You're like, we're playing a worldwide game. There are going to be people who find your tribe. I think that is such an important point. I'm glad that you said it. One thing I wanted you to talk about before we wrap up is, you know, when you've been talking about the, the tenacity you have and the ability to keep going, I could just picture you, you know, sometimes in a rehearsal where dancers around you are tired, like they're getting mm. winded. And you've probably seen a lot of people who you started with who sort of fell away because mm. it takes an incredible amount of discipline. So in those moments, even if you're teaching a class, when you see that, when you see a person in their mind, they're like ready to give up. They're like, my legs are hurting or I'm out. I can't anymore. I'm not, I've hit a wall. What do you think is is the thing in you that pushes you on and how do you help other people to grab hold of that so that they can keep pushing mm -hmm. because you have to stretch yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I, I know what I want. So that it starts with that. Like I see the vision and I know that I have to do those things to get there. And I feel like when somebody doesn't have the vision or doesn't understand where they're going and they're just kind of just doing the activity yeah. just to do it, I understand that they would give up because they're just doing an activity. There's no purpose behind it. You know, with me, there's a purpose behind it. So, you know, if it's going to take 12 hours then it's going to take 12 hours, it's going to take <laughs> 15 hours. It's going to take 15 hours. If it's going to take and I'm, I have to do it until I die, then that's what it's going to take. But that's what it takes to get there. I mean, it's funny. I managed this seven year old talent. Uh, she's like a rapper, dancer, actress, girl. Like she's so amazing. Uh, I have to show you her content, but this girl does so much at seven years old that you might not even see 30 year olds do. And, and she has it in her though. Like I see similar stuff in her that I, that I had as a little kid. I remember even taking her to, um, we were shooting a, a video for her and she's been already shooting for like, this is a seven year old. She's already been shooting like seven, eight hours with us traveling and this and this and that. And, and I was That's like, look, crazy. I got, yeah, I was like, look, I got to take you back. I was like, your mom told me you have a birthday party tonight. She's like, I'm not trying to go to a birthday. I'm trying to shoot. You know what I mean? Like what seven year old says, skip the birthday party. Oh my God. We're here to shoot. Some kids just have it like that. The other kids, you just have to keep pushing them. You know, like, is this what you want? Is this some, is, do you want to be a professional dancer? Cause you're not even doing half of what professional dancers do. So we need to bring up the game, you know, like. I know who has it the minute I see it. And I know the, the people that are there to work hard. And I know yep. the people who are there because their mom made them go. Right, right. I see who's there because their friends are there and they just want to come and chat with their friends. So there's so many kids in class. I usually give my attention to the ones that I see that really want it. And yeah. I give them that extra focus. And then the other ones, I have to talk with them, you know, and I'll let them know, is this something you want or are you just doing it for fun? And if they tell me, oh, no, I just come for fun. I don't care. I'm going to be a nurse. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know? So that way I know, like, I don't need to spend too much energy on them. They're just here to have fun. It's, it's huge what you're saying. Because, like, I think it's so brilliant. I mean, you could write a whole book yeah. on this. 
But when I asked you, you know, what is it that like pushes that person to stretch and to keep going? And you said, you have to have that clarity. You have to be able to see where、yeah. you want to go, and that purpose behind it is what's going to push you. It doesn't matter if it's twelve hours,、yeah. you know. And when I'm thinking about your whole story, bringing it full circle as we're sort of closing out, and you said that, and I see this kid, you know, this face that you were talking about when you were talking about, you know, getting that Britney thing when when you first moved here, all those sort of moments. And I look back, and I'm like, it makes so much sense what you want and why you want it because you come from a country where you didn't have autonomy, right?、Mm-hmm. You didn't have the control. Like, as、mm-hmm. you've said so many times in this conversation, like, I don't want to have to wait. I want to be able to decide.、Mm-hmm. I want to be in control. Like, you're coming out of the seeds of this intense conflict, which in a way has helped you become. What you are and where you are, because it helps you see what you want. You want to. You don't want any shackles on you. You want to be able to f- soar. You want your kids to soar. You want them to have every opportunity,、mm-hmm. and you want that freedom. And that that light, that fire that was put in you through all of those circumstances, it's really in the end, it's a gift, right? It is that you know, it's it's a, a lot of that you know, just knowing that you have the opportunities for everything now. Right. And when I talk to kids who like grew up、Hello. here and they're like、right. saying it's hard, like I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you grew up in the city of opportunities. What do you mean it's hard? Yeah. So that that's always been very hard for me to understand. But that passion has always been there. When I told myself, "Okay, I'm gonna be a professional dancer," that's where all the other things that、uh, that I was doing didn't matter anymore. You know, it was just about what do I need to do?、It、was eat, sleep, dance. And you know what's class, also、that. what's also amazing is like it'd be one thing if you're like, okay, so this is where I come from, and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna work in financial planning and be a, and be a hedge fund guy because it's all about making money, right? Because、yeah. on one level, it's about like you know I want to achieve freedom and money can give you lots of freedom. The fact that you were able to do what you've done, to make what you've made for yourself, for your kids, for your legacy, through dance—like、yeah. nobody goes into dance for I'm going to make a ton of money, I'm、yeah. going to be a dancer. Like I'm going to make a ton of money, I'm going to make ceramics. Like no,、yeah. you want to make a ton of money. If money is your game, like play the real estate game. You know, you—it shows you that if you have such a huge why, like you will be unstoppable,、yes. and it won't matter because you'll be resourceful and you'll figure out how to. How to take whatever you're doing and make that into the thing that you can monetize and you can live and you can, you know, educate other people along the way.、Um, yes. It's super, super inspiring. Tell everybody where they can find you.、Um, you can find me on Instagram,、uh, Miran K, M I H R A N K.、Um, YouTube is Miran TV. Okay, and、um, those are my main channels. You go there, you'll find everything else. So YouTube channel Miran TV and Instagram Miran K. Amazing! I'm so inspired, and it's so cool to hear this whole story. Thank you so thank much you. for sharing it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Had a great time. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you. Thank you much. It was so much fun talking to Moran. So now, or here are some of the takeaways. Number one, go to the auditions, take the classes, and feed your passion. Number two, if you're tired of waiting, then go make your own opportunities, write your own destiny. Number three, life is short. Don't waste it on the things that aren't serving you. Number four, surround yourself with people who bring you energy, wisdom, and strength. Number five, if you want to build the audience, you have to create the content. Number six. Do something you love, something that makes you happy. Pursue the thing where you can show up as your authentic self. Number seven, we're playing a worldwide game. This is no time to be small. And number eight, when you feel like giving up, remember the purpose, then commit and keep going.
All right. So now for some of your wins, Mary posted a picture that she drew in our Facebook group. And she said, I'm working on marketing a series of fairy drawings. Today's teacher fairy brought to mind a college art professor who gave me a C because according to him, art should never include words. It should speak for itself. I can still hear him saying that as clearly as can be. He was part of the reason I walked away from trying to please other people with my art for a living. And I ended up working with kids in a library for 20 years where I could use that love of words to my heart's content. I'm sure that professor could not consider what I've been drawing this past week to even be considered as art. But quite frankly, I don't care anymore. And as I scribble words all over these little fairies, I think of him and thumb my nose. As encouragement to all of you who may not have already figured it out, you do you. As John Ortberg would say, the youer, the better. Now get out there, ignore the haters and the critics and just be youer. Mary, I love this. First of all, your illustration is so, so adorable and it is art. I think we've all had that moment when someone criticized our work or said we could never amount to what we want. And I say, use that as fuel to rise even higher, which you have so beautifully done. Mary said she's working on launching her Etsy shop and Instagram account in August. So Mary, please keep us posted and share it with the group so we can give you some love. Okay. The next one is from Meredith. She posted this in our Facebook group on Friday. Hi, everyone. A few months ago, I was ready to post my first win after listening to Kathy's podcast. I signed up for two craft fairs and was getting ready to attend them in mid-April, selling my artwork and handmade cards with my husband helping and cheering me on. However, that weekend, my husband of almost two years died in a car accident hours after we were out celebrating the anniversary of our first date. Yes, we were cute like that. I was devastated. My world was forever changed. And needless to say, I had to cancel. He was the love of my life, my person, my best friend, and he was always so supportive of my art and likely my biggest fan. Today would have been his 40th birthday and in honor of my husband, I am now posting my first win. I am still here trying to be strong every day and I will attend my first craft fair as a vendor this Sunday. My website is a mess and not finished, but as Kathy would say, that's okay. Just do it anyway. Thank you to Kathy and everyone for your inspiration, encouragement, and positive energy. Your successes have helped me move forward, and I'm grateful to be a part of this community. Meredith, I just want to thank you so much for sharing this. I am so sorry to hear about your husband. That is such a devastating loss, and I can't even imagine what you're going through. I am sure he would be so, so proud of you for your incredible strength, keeping your head up, and taking it one step at a time. And I know he still is your number one fan. He is smiling down on you for making that messy website and going to that craft fair and putting yourself out there. Because what you're managing to achieve right now, honestly, this is nothing short of amazing. So you guys, you can give Meredith your love. Her website is mawalshstudio.com. That's mawalshstudio.com. And um, I just can't believe the people I get to meet through doing this show and what an honor it is that I can connect to you at all and just know that you inspire me beyond words. If you guys have a win that you want to share, you can DM me on Instagram at kathy.heller or post it in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you like this episode or any episode, please take a second right now and share it with someone else who really could use this message. There are so many good-hearted people in this world who feel invisible, who are sleeping on their dreams, but you could be the person today who catapults them onto the path towards their life's work. I truly believe that we each have this ability and this power inside of us to make the world around us that much more whole and beautiful. 
And that is why I want you to buy this book. And that is why I feel good about asking you, buy five copies of the book, give four copies away. And that is why I will be rewarding you with a mastermind, with a lunch, with two trainings, because it is worth it to me if you guys get the message out, if you guys are passing this message along. It can do so much to make somebody feel seen, to make someone feel encouraged, to give somebody that extra push, to have the accountability to start their thing, which is why I suggested if you you don't want to buy the five books, start a book club and start listening to the podcast with people and start having a discussion group. And by everybody having skin in the game and everyone buying that book as a pre-order to get them to commit to being in the book club, that is a good thing because that will give them more of that stake to sort of show up and, and do their thing. So if you do do this by Monday and you order five copies of the book or you gather some friends and everyone pre-orders the book by Monday, as long as five are ordered, please let us know. There's a link in the show notes and then you will get in on the raffle for the lunch with me in Bel Air for the mastermind session. But you will also immediately automatically get the two free trainings I'm doing, one on how to build an audience and one on how to figure out what really is the passion project that you're looking for. Thank you guys for listening. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I will talk to you on Monday. So many times I chose to run. So many times I held my tongue. I held my tongue. Never saying what I needed to.
You've got the heart of a hero.